Awesome. We can go ahead and get started. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining. Uh, similar to last week, I think what we'll do here um, is spend, you know, just a, a few minutes kind of going over what's what's going on with Beanstalk Farms and I think can spend the majority of the time uh, having Publius walk over uh, a bit of uh, what's going on with respect to the NFTs and we can answer some some questions. So as always, please post your questions in town hall chat or raise your hand and I'd be happy to, to bring you up on stage. With respect to Beanstalk Farms, um, lots going on. So on Monday, we officially started the Halborn audit and have been working with them, um, you know, sharing code and, and discussing things back and forth. So they're off to the races. As a reminder, that's going to end sometime near the end of June. Trail of Bits will also start around the beginning uh, of June and end near the end of June. So both of those audits are expected to be done sometime around the end of June. Outside of that, the main focus of Beanstalk Farms the last a uh, couple of days in particular, has been on shifting our efforts towards the NFT drop. So we can talk a little bit more about the mechanics there. If you haven't seen already, we've just posted a snapshot for this in the announcements channel, going over some of the mechanics, um, how, how it'll work with respect to rarity and artwork and other typical NFT components. Um, but happy to dig into that discussion here. So maybe Publius, uh, if you want to take it away, kind of giving the the overview of, of why we're headed down this route um, and talk a little bit about where we're headed next. Sure. So <clears throat> there's been a lot of chatter about the best way to make this as accessible as possible to the community and uh, with good reason. And ultimately what's been settled on and is now being put forward for a formal vote is to instead of do a fungible token issuance to do an nft issuance and the main uh thought behind using nfts instead of a fungible token is that the the liquidity for a fungible token would be very difficult to implement from a development perspective because these fungible tokens will be entitled to bean mints and so if you deposit your fungible token in an AMM like Curve or Uniswap, that contract will actually start accruing your Bean seniorage. And so there would need to be some sort of additional uh, code written and development work done in order to facilitate the proper distribution of the Bean mints. And the goal is to keep any additional development work uh, to an absolute minimum at the moment. And in short, if you use an NFT marketplace, like OpenSea, for example, where you just list or bid for NFTs, uh, then you don't have any issue where the, the NFT is being deposited in another contract, and therefore there's no problem with the bean mints. So in short, the, the uh, and furthermore, well, I guess it, it, you do have to deposit the NFT in a contract to list it, but the concept is it's still much easier to facilitate the distribution of the mints thereafter as opposed to in an AMM. So uh functionally it's much simpler to do that and that's the main benefit now then the question became well how ch how cheap or expensive are the nfts and how to make the you know the nfts as accessible to everyone as possible so from that perspective the original thought was you know a normal nft sale is uh, typically like 10,000 nfts that's like the normal round which would put it at 7700 uh $7, per per nft but uh there was some feedback that that was 
too high of an amount. And so uh, our understanding is that there's going to be a uh, a uh, an issuance of I think. Let me confirm. I don't actually know the exact number. The number is fifteen thousand four hundred right now at five thousand dollars per NFT. Great. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just wanted to confirm that before I stated that to everyone on record. So yes, uh, fifteen thousand four hundred NFTs for five thousand. Uh, USDC a pop. Uh, very clean and simple, and hopefully that maximizes participation as much as possible and creates a really simple, elegant structure to relaunch this with minimal development overhead. So that's the, that's the plan. Uh, the snapshot proposal was posted a little bit earlier today, and, you know, happy to answer any and all questions. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, in terms of some of the, the more specific mechanics about, you know, how bean mints are distributed and those sorts of things, uh, recommend that everybody check out the, the snapshot for those details. Uh, it's pretty exhaustive on that front. Um, yeah, I suppose, Publius, you want to talk a little bit about, about the, the timeline for this and how it'll relate to the unpausing of Beanstalk briefly? Sure. So the capital needs to be in the door uh, prior to the the unpause, and so the thought is to end the NFT sale at the latest on June 27th, according to the proposal, and then uh, start that three weeks prior. So it would start on a Monday and run for three weeks. Awesome. And just, um, I know we've discussed this internally, but just to help kind of share with the community, what's the, the reason for having the barn raise end prior to unpausing? So the short answer is the state of Beanstalk needs to be set. It needs to be scaled based on the funds that are raised, and therefore the funds that are raised need to be determined prior to the unpause. Uh, and it's uh, much simpler to do it with a little bit of time between when the fundraise is complete and when the protocol is unpaused, as opposed to doing it instantaneously. Awesome. Thanks for the answer. So uh, I know that this uh, NFT um, pivot of sorts, uh, or I guess extension of the original plan, is uh, is something pretty new, and there's been a lot of really awesome discussion going on in uh, in a couple channels throughout Discord. So we'd love to get some questions and, and discussion going here. Please feel free to raise your hand, and I'm going to be watching Town Hall chat now to start pulling some questions up for Publius. So we'll start with one from Krabs. Uh, Krabs asks. Will listing the NFTs on an exchange such as OpenSea cut into profits? Profits for whom? I, uh, Krabs, feel free to, to clarify, but I assume for, for people trading this after the fact. To be clear, Krabs, uh, the, the process of obtaining the NFT will not occur on OpenSea. It'll be through uh, a barn raise specific interface. We'll move on to Hugh and then can, can circle back to that one. So Hugh asks, has there been a, a drop in OTC interest off the back of the Terra collapse? Great question. So uh, shockingly, there seems to be significantly more interest in Beanstalk in the past 48 hours. So 
We'll see what that turns into. Uh, don't have really any more additional capital commitments over the past 24, 48 hours since uh, since class to, to, to comment on or, or report on, but generally it's kind of mind-boggling. Maybe an extension uh, of this to discuss, and I know it was discussed a little bit in uh, in chats over the past couple of days. But you know, how does the how does the Terra collapse affect Beanstalk? <laughs> well, someone texted us, so there goes your biggest competitor. Um, you know, that's probably the right attitude. Generally, to us. And maybe this is wrong, but it's felt like Beanstalk has been an uphill battle the whole way because people have been burned by so many Algo stables in the past. And while people may at this point in time want to loop Beanstalk and UST together, they're totally separate and different models. Beanstalk is an in in innovation on the ESD and basis model, uh, or even basis cash, which has now been in the news, as opposed to a mint and burn model. So the concept that they're the 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 fud around Terra may extend to Beanstalk. That's obviously the case to to some extent, but that's likely going to be the case with with uh, ignorant uh, capital. And frankly, one of the things that Beanstalk is most afraid of is ignorant capital. So if you're telling me that the main result of this is that uh, capital that that is uh, easy come easy go is less likely to come into Beanstalk in its early stages, we would say that's fabulous. Awesome. Thanks for that answer. Crabs uh, was clarifying the earlier question. Um, he says the question was regarding any listing fees or fees Beanstalk would have to pay in order to list the NFTs. So the the listing fees, Crabs, are paid by the the listers or whoever acquires one of these NFTs when they go to relist. Uh, that's the when the fees will be paid. At the time of minting, it'll be in a, a separate spot. Awesome. Okay, moving on to a question uh, from Jams. How do we mitigate crazy gas prices during the mint like the other side mint? I can uh, speak a little bit to that. And then if Publius wants to hop up and talk about the dev side, please feel free. Um, so we're using a pretty standard contract setup for this. Um, I think other side had a, you know, a, a different sort of contract going on that was much less gas optimized. So uh, this should be just like you know any other Ethereum um, Ethereum mint. So I wouldn't expect anything crazy here. Obviously, gas fees are up a little bit right now due to lots of traffic on Ethereum in general. Um, but yeah, don't don't foresee anything crazy. Uh, Publius, feel free to hop up if you want to add all anything. Right. To that. All right. So uh, Publius is too humble to do this, but I will do this. Uh, they sent us the numbers for cost to minting at yesterday's gas prices. One NFT should cost $7.63 to mint. A hundred NFTs should cost $26.74 to mint. And if you minted all of the NFTs, it would cost $2,871. That was at yesterday's gas prices. So I don't know what, what that was in terms of GUI, but uh, pretty fucking cool. higher yesterday, I think. Pretty cool. So it'll be cheap as fuck. One thing worth noting, actually, is that uh, Publius is a savage gas optimizer. Um, so I, I think if there's one thing we don't need to worry about, it's uh, it's high gas fees. I think if gas fees are high on on Beanstalk, you can you can bet they're going to be as you know high everywhere. Uh, he's he's done a really great job of of keeping the gas fees low. Tell me the last time you heard a fifteen thousand four hundred NFT mint that could be done for. 2K in gas. <laughs>
If only you awesome. guys kn- knew how hard Publius works to minimize gas fees. Like, literally just... Uh, he, he does it for y'all. I promise you. <laughs> it's like endless. He's like, oh, I can... Just endless. Endless try gas savings. Awesome. We'd love to get some more questions rolling. Um, or feel free to, to raise your hand. He's also, he's on a plane right now. He's not on this call or otherwise he'd be texting like, shut the fuck up. Cause he hates, uh, <laughs> he hates uh, getting any credit. Yeah. Actually, while we're getting some more questions rolling in, I'll, another shout out and a little bit of a, a forward looking um, concept or thing that may, will roll out sometime here in the near future. So Publius has been working on what we're calling um, the farm, which I, and, uh, is, you know, naming TBD, but will be a component of Beanstalk that... I think it's pretty clear the name is the farm, chat. Come on. <laughs> um, but this, this component of Beanstalk will allow, will basically allow you to call arbitrary functions within Beanstalk um, in a sequence. And the, what that really means is that you can reduce gas while doing uh, pretty complicated things. So I know Publius, you have some favorite examples of, of things that you can do with that functionality. Do you want to give a, a quick example? Sure. So our favorite example, this probably won't be live upon relaunch, uh, but it can be added shortly thereafter. Uh, but the idea is if, the, if Liquidy were integrated into Beanstalk, you can use the farm functionality to take your beans that have harvested, uh, sell them into ETH, deposit that ETH in a liquidity trove, mint LUSD against that trove, and then add LUSD to an LUSD bean pool on Curve, for example. Uh, add that LP token that you receive into Convex for Convex LUSD bean, and then deposit that Convex LUSD bean in the silo, assuming that Convex LUSD bean has been whitelisted for for deposit in the silo. So all of that would be possible in a single gas-efficient transaction due to the farm functionality, assuming liquidity were integrated. Now, at unpause, the farm functionality will probably just be Beanstalk-specific stuff, so the ability to harvest, trade, deposit, and stuff like that, as well as withdraw your assets and trade them without necessarily taking delivery, uh, but the ability to interact with other protocols as well can be added shortly. Awesome. Uh, question from Just a Bean. Any comments on Do Kwan being behind Basis Cash? This is our first stablecoin, so uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, what's there to say? Awesome. Um, quick shout out. So we just uh, we just had Philcore, who's a, a new member of the Beanstalk Farms team helping us out with a mixture of things from operations and, and design and beyond. Uh, drop a quick a quick sketch of what we're thinking about for some of the NFT artwork. So have been super excited to uh, to, to you know start sharing some of this with the community. Um, and I think it's pretty exciting to see what's going on. Awesome. Going to bring uh, Varut up on stage. Varut, how's it going? Thanks for coming up. 
Oh no, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me up. Um, quick one. I think there's like some general uh, shakenness with you know kind of the unraveling of Luna and like kind of you know the bank run scenario. And I think there's like um, there are questions. I like played this out in in my head a few times with with Beanstalk and seeing like whether or you know similarly if it could work in in an analogous faction or if in any way there could be a similar unraveling. Um, and the only kind of scenario I've come to so far is like, you know, say like Bean goes below peg and, you know, there's like soul supply increases, but no one is, no one is buying pods, which, which seems kind of unlikely, but, but, but it is a possibility, right? And like, and in like uh, a, a cascade, like we've seen over the last like week, I guess. So, I mean, what are some scenarios that you guys are thinking through um, regarding, you know, the potential fragility of, of Beanstalk and like, how do we work to like make being so like more anti-fragile i guess um i know it's a pretty broad like question and probably a bit unfair um no it's perfectly fair it's perfectly fair it's a great question the the starting point is that everything you said is correct the death spiral scenario for beanstalk is the scenario where it is unable to attract demand for soil. And you would, you would expect, uh, if you go from a period of growth where there's excess demand for soil to a period where there's not excess demand for soil and the, the system may be trading, beans may be trading below a dollar. So now you've, you're in a dead cycle. Uh, the important thing to note is that Beanstalk very explicitly does not move quickly and does not make any promises to keep the bean price at the pet. And in fact, as anyone that's used Beanstalk knows, the price is in fact never a, never a dollar ever. It's either above or below a dollar, and it's constantly oscillating above and below. And in addition to the soil mechanism, which we would argue at, at the macro level is a much more sustainable and anti-reflexive mechanism than Luna being the collateral for UST, uh, at least comparatively, there's a couple of other really important parts of Beanstalk that make it substantively different. Uh, we'll, we'll try to summarize a couple of them. The first uh, that, that to me is, go ahead, Virut, do you have something uh, you wanted to say? Oh, no, I just accidentally unmuted myself. Sorry. Um, carry on. The first is that if you compare UST and the PEG maintenance model to UST, uh, it was convertibility uh, that created the PEG stability. And though the users of UST and the people participating in the yield of UST in the form of Anchor, uh, they were not uh, participating in PEG maintenance, if you will. And therefore, when there was a DPEG on curve, there was this prior expectation of, oh, someone just handles peg maintenance and convertibility, and as soon as there was a DPEG, there was very clearly a loss of faith in the system because, oh, I thought, I thought someone was doing that, and clearly there's now a problem. And even though at that time there wasn't really a, a liquidity problem in the system, it was just a short-term outflow that caused that DPEG because of the throttle limit between uh, conversions between UST and, and, and Luna. Uh, there's, there's really the main issue was a behavioral one in practice, and that was what created the run on the bank. 
if you compare that with Beanstalk and the silo, it is all of the users that are participating in the seniorage and the growth of the protocol that actually do the peg maintenance. That's what Convert actually does, right? And as we've seen in practice, uh, the vast majority of beans that have been minted in seniorage ultimately get converted into LP. Uh, that's why the liquidity to bean supply ratio increased so dramatically over the couple of weeks prior to the attack. And similarly, whenever the price was below one, we quickly saw in practice someone was converting back up above one. And so this convert functionality, the fact that the users are the ones that are incentivized to sell high and buy low, buy low, sell high, and do it again and again. And that's how you can maximize your returns and your seniorage from Beanstalk. In theory, that should condition everyone to be much more comfortable not leaving at 97 cents, but just hitting that convert button. And one thing that's really important to note at a high level, and we've said it before, but we'll say it again, Beanstalk doesn't try to prevent a bank run in any way. All it tries to do is minimize uh, how big the bank run can get. If people want to leave because they're fearful or they need cash or they don't understand the mechanism or for whatever reason, there's nothing Beanstalk can do to prevent them from selling their beans at a discount. All they can do is incentivize the people that are still in the system to convert their beans back up, to buy beans below a dollar and lend them to the protocol, and to do other things that return the price to the peg, as opposed to following the other people out the door. And if we look at at the margin, how Beanstalk creates those incentives, it comes from a couple different places in addition to just convert. The first is stock, right? So you don't just have the individual opportunity cost from the stock that you've received, but as people start to leave the silo, as there's a run on the bank, as the denominated value in the silo decreases, people are burning their stock. And they're not just burning their stock, they're burning their grown stock. And therefore, from an opportunity cost perspective, the value of that grown stock relative to the total stock supply becomes more valuable as more people leave the system. And so if we think about how the opportunity cost at the individual right. level should affect people, it should be uh, increasing over time the more people leave the system. So that's where you'd expect at some point someone to say, you know what, I'm not going to follow the next guy at the door and sell my beans for 50 cents. I'm going to buy and convert up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I, I mean, like, yeah, it's just like an open question. I really appreciate the like thoughtfulness that went into that answer. I think I've uh, sort of came to perhaps less fleshed out conclusions on the seminar in the I just, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great, guys. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's a couple other places that Beanstalk uh, adds further anti-reflexive mechanisms, like the fact that when you buy beans at 50 cents and lend them, you're basically doubling the weather you receive. And yeah. there's other pieces like that that make it such that at lower and lower prices, it's more attractive to yeah. stay in the system or buy into the system. Yeah. So again, yeah. this all plays into, you gotta have a well-educated user base. You need to have a user base that's been through lots of oscillation and at the first sign of oscillation is not gonna all run through the exits. And mm -hmm. that's something mm -hmm. that can only be built through through practice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the record, I, I, I bought pods at like uh, 75 cents or whatever. So, so I, I, like, I agree Sorry. with you. I'm just um, being encouraged to, to rethink, um, just like rethink everything from the events of, events of today. But um, yeah, I'm entering a crowded place, so I'll, I'll head off. But thank you guys.
Awesome. Thanks so much, Farood. Um, we've got Alex, who's raised their hand to come up on stage. Uh, Alex, I've invited you up. Hey, guys. Uh, I was just typing this question, but I'm going to just say it here. So uh, related to the NFT sale and the earlier question about gas fees, I understand that you guys optimized the code to make you know the actual Ethereum transaction as gas optimized and as cheap as possible. But there's another problem here, which is the volume of people that are going to be hitting this thing at the same time, right? So on every popular NFT sale that I've ever been part of, what happens is it ends up being a total fucking shit show when you have five, 10,000 people trying to hit the Ethereum network at the same five minute, five minute period, right? It's going to congest. It's going to cause uh, gas prices on the network to skyrocket. People's transactions are going to fail and you're going to have bot and automated accounts sniping everything because they're just going to be automated and, and, and just perform better. That That's just what happens, right? Every time this happens, People always end up salty. They complain. It's just a shitty, shitty atmosphere all the way around. Um, there was only one time where I saw this thing uh, mitigated, and that was with like a pre-sale or a whitelist, right? Where only people that had a whitelisted account could go in and just claim an NFT at any point throughout a 20, 24, 48 hour period. Uh, but if you have the scenario where you open up the gates and you, you say go, and you have 10,000 people, 5,000 people, however many racing to like hit the network, it's going to be a shit show. So I'm just curious, like, are we okay with that? Or do we want to mitigate? I hate to say it. This, what you're describing is like the scenario I fantasize about. Uh, so I know that's know. good for the network. It's good for Beanstalk because obviously we're going to hit our thing, right? But, but that's it. That's like, that's all that, that's all that matters. You know, if, if this thing is that oversold, the, you know, everyone will be better off for it, frankly. Uh, like, nothing could be more bullish for Beanstalk than people burning ETH for these NFTs. That would mean that the round was overpriced and the weather was too hot. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Great. Thanks for your question, Alex. Thanks. And uh, apologies for missing it uh, earlier. Didn't realize that's what you were referring to. Uh, that that scenario is just, uh, you know, n n n hey, we hope it happens, but that that isn't uh, what we're optimizing for at the moment, if you will. Like that would be that'd be crazy, but hard to hard to like plan for that. If that's if that's what our problems are, th that's a very small problem, if you know what I'm saying, as opposed to everyone having to way overpay to mint their their BNFTs. Sorry, one quick follow up. Do we have any idea of like ratio of pre-sold NFTs to the VCs and all the OTC deals versus what's going to be actually available? So it'll be anything that hasn't been sold OTC prior to the start will be available. And we don't we don't know how much that'll be at the time. Do you know by, by, by what date will, will the OTC effectively close? By the 6th, June 6th, when this thing starts? Or is there like a an earlier cutoff date? No, it'll be June 6th, but in theory, if someone wanted to buy some OTC after June 6th, we would try to facilitate that as well somehow. But June 6th is probably the cutoff. Okay. Thanks. Great. Thanks for the question, Alex. Um, keep an eye on Town Hall chat, so please feel yeah, free. Yeah, and you're to... always typing in the chat. You should just feel free to come up here anytime. Totally.
All right, let's see. Neurovirus asks, any chance the NFT price could be lower? 5,000 seems high. Why not do 1,000? At some point, the NFTs are going to be worthless if you have infinite NFTs. Yeah, there's another dimension here, which is that, um, you know, to add $5,000, we're already doing a 15,400 collection. Um, so, you know, go to $1,000, you're now talking like 75,000 NFTs. Uh, there comes a point where you're probably moving a little bit too far away from how other collections behave, um, as well as gas implications, right? Also, I think you skipped Just a Bean. Let me jump back, Just a Bean. What, if any, learnings or potential attack vectors should Beanstalk look out for from the USD collapse? So, this was an economic attack, assuming that someone initiated it. I mean, it seems that someone did. Uh, now, the whole point is that it required somewhat minimal amounts of capital to start the bank run, and the bank run is what killed the system. And so, again, this goes back to our core point that all you can do is try to minimize the bank run, uh, the extent of the bank run. Now, one of the things that very clearly exacerbated the bank run and the extent of it was the leverage in their ecosystem. And there is sort of a, I don't know, I don't think it's a catch-22 as much as just something that's tricky to navigate, which is that if beans are to become a primitive, the expectation is that beans may be used as collateral or uh, leverage may be issued on top of beans in a variety of different capacities. But that is substantively different than leverage existing under bean, right? So it would be like if you could uh, take your take your i mean there's so many different ways to to add leverage to the system but the short answer is a, a simple example previous some of the previous things we've discussed is the concept of a stock bean pool and the ability to wrap your deposit your stock bean and receive more stock which is in some ways leverage now Honestly, I'm thinking out loud and in real time, but the concept is the leverage is in the form of more stock. So when people would unwind that leverage, they'd be unwinding, they'd be, they'd be selling stock, and that would actually uh, exacerbate, at least in theory, exacerbate the anti-reflexivity here because the total stock supply would be going down as people left the system. Now, a way to further make it uh, even less reflexive would be instead of having a stock bean pool to have a stock ETH pool, for example. And instead of incentivizing a stock bean pool with more stock, you incentivize a stock ETH pool with more stock. And so if that pool starts to unwind and you have a, a, a radical decrease in the supply of stock, that would contribute to uh, the anti-reflexivity during a bank run as opposed to if it were built on top of stock bean now you have to sell the stock into bean effectively uh you know there's there the point is how you build the core 
of the model and, and what assets are whitelisted in the silo, it's very important that the DAO is not aggressive and doesn't just green light, you know, in the interest of infinite growth, 10x levered products in the silo. And instead, the hope would be to have assets built on top of the silo and on top of Beanstalk, but not not in a way that contributes to a core levering of the system. And what's the best what's the best measurement of this, right? To us, we would look at the liquidity to bean supply ratio as the main indicator of the in addition to the pod rate, which is the the explicit leverage of the system, but the the liquidity to supply ratio as sort of an implicit uh, leverage of the system whereby as there is more liquidity trading against beans, the less and less risky it is to hold beans because the only thing giving them value is their liquidity. The more liquidity there is compared to each bean, uh, the, the more likely it is you'll be able to trade your bean for value. And the concept is if you have stock trading against ETH, then there's actually a higher than 100% uh, liquidity to bean ratio possible, whereas at the moment in the current implementation, it's only 100%. So if you allow stock and maybe other, I mean, we're thinking about even like the root token, you could do like root ETH deposited in in the silo as well, where now you have lots of different Beanstalk-related assets. And I, I use ETH as an example, but it could be three-curve. Uh, the concept is now you have additional liquidity for the system to trade out of and against in the instance that there are bank runs. So if you compare that to the liquidity in the system for UST, uh, hundreds of millions of liquidity on on DEXs for a, a, a almost 20 billion supply stablecoin, uh, that was a really tight door to, for everyone to try to squeeze through. Whereas in the case of Beanstalk, there's been very clear product market fit and its ability to widen the door as the protocol grows as opposed to having the door stay the same size or shrink. So lots and lots of lessons here. I mean, it's really the best data you could ever ask for from our perspective. And yeah, it's it's very evident to us that, <laughs> you know, this is the, the hardest problem to solve, if you will, from an economics perspective that you can try to solve. And the cost of not 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 doing a good enough job is, I mean, what's the total loss of value over the past couple of days? Uh, Sixty billion or something, something insane. Uh, and it's just important to realize that this is an experiment. Everyone here is all contributing, and we're all trying to figure this out together. But it's a very complicated problem with with no right answers, only a ton of wrong answers, and. This is a, a a reminder for everyone that we should all stay humble and we should not, you know, this is an experiment. This is all an experiment. So UST was the biggest stablecoin to date, and it failed colossally in practice. Uh, but was it was it a total failure? Uh, it depends when you got in and when you got out, right? So uh, ultimately, ultimately, think there's a lot to be learned from them. I think there's a lot to be said for their success and their failure. The fact that it was mainly due to inorganic demand from Anchor and heavily subsidized, that's another major lesson to be learned in terms of subsidies and also a data point that Beanstalk is significantly more likely to succeed given that it's had no subsidies to date. So 
endless thoughts, frankly. This is the <laughs> this is the only thing on our mind at the moment other than capital. Thanks for that detailed answer. Uh, I want to move on to a question from from Justabine uh, that raises um, or sort of resurfaces a, an idea that was brought up yesterday that's really interesting. He asks, um, as a thought bubble, how would the old barn rays bid your own weather? Uh, the, the old barn rays bid your own weather system work for for the protocol once it unpauses. People could bid lower than the existing weather, and it would it would avoid the bot sniping and also save the protocol some debt in good times while still able to max out quickly in the bad times. Bids could get locked in and clear out every minute or so, uh, or every season, perhaps. So, the the hardest part for everyone, including Beanstalk and including all the participants, is how to price the weather, or how to price Beanstalk's debt. And Beanstalk takes an incredibly conservative approach to pricing the weather in general, whereby it would rather the protocol overpay and issue too many pods on average than it could if it were uh, issuing debt perfectly efficiently. Uh, but the goal of the protocol is to minimize the amount of time that or the amount of seasons that all of the debt it issues doesn't clear. And in short, while the ability to bid on soil each season may result in a, a decrease in the interest rate the protocol pays in certain periods, we would think that whenever you have a substantive change in the state of the market, uh, at that point in time, it's very hard for the market to price lending to the protocol. And so there's really two ways to do it. You could have no minimum or no maximum weather, excuse me, or you could use whatever the weather of the protocol would otherwise be as the maximum. Think the latter case is more reasonable to consider. In the former case, uh, if there's no demand for soil during a season, someone may bid a billion percent, and may, that may clear. I guess you could put a maximum, but uh, th that's the main issue with bidding. Uh, and... You could do bidding below the weather and then clear people based on how low they're willing to pay. That is somewhat interesting. Uh, then the question becomes, I mean, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I, I'd have to think more about it, but it's a... In theory, the only thing I would comment is that it doesn't really matter to Beanstalk, you know? Like, I guess it would rather lend for a cheaper amount, but at the end of the day, it's not really substantive from the protocol's perspective at a macro level. At a micro level, it's great to save pods, but at a macro level, it's unclear whether that would improve or decrease uh, the efficiency of the of the soil market, but it would have to think more about it. I think it's a very interesting idea, and frankly, I've been thinking through a little bit of it on this end as well. It's, uh, yeah, the pardon race was a very cool mechanism. All right, next up uh, from RG. RG asks, what does the vesting schedule look like for those participating in the NFT race? It's the same as the barn race. 
whereby the percentage of the re so a there's no vesting for the nfts the the yield will be paid out based on being seniorage the vesting applies to the recapitalized assets which are the beans circulating beans depositor beans uh lp tokens uh stock uh all of those assets that are being recapitalized uh i guess not stock technically um they are the ones that are subject to the vesting schedule and the vesting schedule will be a function of the percentage of the interest that has been paid back to the nft so really the same structure Awesome. Mod asks, if it, if it was dough behind Basis Cash, do you find it surprising that they pivoted from a credit-based model to one like UST Luna? Nah, I don't know what to think about that. Cool. All right, we'll move on to NASDAQ. Do we have people in the community who marketed NFT mint projects before? Seems like this is doable with good marketing, but the NFT community might be different than stable communities, so need to figure out how to target them. Um, Quick comment, and then Publius would love to hear your thoughts as well. If folks in the community, uh, you know, have experience on the NFT front, you know, Beanstalk Farms is is all ears and would love to collaborate with you on this. So we've got a great team steaming ahead on it right now, but, you know, ideas and, and collaboration is much appreciated. So I'm sure there's a couple people floating around who've done this before. Please feel free to, you know, ping us in one of the channels or, you know, message me or anybody else on Beanstalk Farms and we'll get you routed to the right spot. Publius, any thoughts on, on your end from, from that perspective with respect to marketing? I have almost no, no, nothing to add on the marketing front. I'd say I'm quite ignorant. Cool. Well, I guess to, to expand a little bit for you, Nasjack. So obviously like we're, we're working on a couple different, you know, marketing options here. I think mod can probably speak the best to, to that at this stage, but we do have people on the team who've worked on, on NFTs and similar things before. So I think like, you know, we've, we've got some expertise with which to, to push forward, um, as well as how, you know, the team itself has done too over the past couple of months. So. All right, moving on to American Pharaoh. Just wondering when generalized minting. LOL. I, I just think it's funny how many hosts American Pharaoh is going to get th with this one. Did we lose Chad? I think we lost Chad. No, nope, still here. Uh, looking for questions. So let's see, another from Nasdaq. Will there, will there be a new BIP to slowly start reducing the total length of the pod line? Like if we could co slowly decline the length of the line to 100 million. So the length of the pod line doesn't matter to Beanstalk. What matters is the pod rate. Now, the... Long and the short of it is, there's really two things that, that make sense along the lines of what you're suggesting, Nasdaq. The first is that the soil, if the, if the pod rate were less than 5%, Beanstalk should be always willing to issue debt up to 
so that it always retains a pod, a, a minimum pod rate in theory, uh, or be willing to. Now, the the thing that's more related to what you were saying, so r- the or what you were suggesting perhaps is that the currently the number of after bip 9 the number of pods being stock issues every season is the or is willing to issue every season when the price is above 1 is based on the number of pods that were harvested at the start of the the last season and they're equivalent therefore the pod line stays the same length uh there is something to be said for decreasing the pod length to uh decrease the pod rate faster uh and so you could add a multiple uh to that whereby uh instead of minting 100% of the pods that you harvested at the start of the season during the season you do 50% of that or something so it's very easy to to add a multiple to that and decrease the pod rate that way that probably does make sense awesome uh a question from from Ethwallet a little bit earlier that I missed sorry Ethwallet what do you think of adding an automatic pause functionality uh, of the protocol in in the event of suspicious movements, which could look like a liquidity attack from a big player or a simple panic within the silo during a bear market? Would hate that more than anything. Basically, this goes back to if the if people want to sell their beans, let them sell their beans at a discount. You know, the idea that there's going to be some sort of uh, pause on the run on the bank. Uh, no, let, let them flee, let them flee. This thing, the whole point is that everyone just needs to go through enough runs on the bank to realize I'm not selling this one, you know, like the, the volatility on the bean price is built in. It is built in. So if you don't have faith that beans are going to recover, the cheaper you sell your beans, the better for the long-term health of the ecosystem. It's as simple as that. Great. Another question from Mr. Manifold. Do you think the market is hungry for dollars? If so, is being a good solution to this problem? Well, this may be more apropos to the macro market right now, but I guess it applies to crypto. Crypto is somewhat affected by that as well, clearly, at the moment. Uh, But in general, the whole world is looking for dollars, uh, and dollars on chain remain a hot commodity. So Beanstalk and its ability to issue dollars on chain, we think is... uh, we just can't wait to get it back up and running. Awesome. I've reached the bottom of town hall chat. So yeah, feel free to drop more questions or raise your hand if you'd like to come up on stage. We've got about 10 more minutes here. So happy to, to dig into whatever's on, on the brain. A couple people typing. Next question from from Turboy. Any update on route from Mr. Manifold? Uh, Manifold, I don't know if you'd like to jump up on stage or give an update in chat, but feel free to hop up. We'll move on to the uh, to the next question from Austin. How would you dispute claims that Beanstalk must grow in order to sustain its price? 
saw a question the other day questioning if the Beanstalk model had problems when it completely saturates its addressable market. I just hit my microphone. Can y'all hear me? Yes. So the the question is to Beanstalk must grow. Ultimately, the unless the interest rate, the weather is one percent. I guess even if it's one percent, there is some implied future expected increase in the supply of beans. However, uh, you don't necessarily need to expect the total supply of beans to be higher than it is at the moment that you're lending to the protocol to get paid off uh, per se, uh, but that's certainly a reasonable assumption to make when you're lending to the protocol. Now, the, the good thing here is that this type of asset, particularly a, a, a medium of exchange uh, like beans, are in theory in, in of infinite demand. And that is the real concept here, whereby if beans become the main liquidity provider of DeFi, whether they're denominated in dollars or something else, the concept is that the there will always be growing demand for beans at scale. So between now and scale, there's growth to scale. And then once you're at scale, there's a, there's an, at least in theory, ever-growing demand for beans in the form of other assets that it will trade against. So while you are betting on the growth of the bean supply, uh, the, the amount of the growth of the bean supply that you actually need is, is, is very different depending on the state of the system. Great. Thanks for that, Publius. Uh, we've got Mr. Manifold on stage, so Manifold, I'll hand it off to you to give an update on Root. Sure. Um, so a few things here, um, you know, we've started writing our smart contracts and we've actually contacted Halborn, um, to get ahead of, um, the lead time right now, uh, for auditors, uh, such that, you know, we hope to launch, you know, a month or two after Beanstalk restarts. So not too far long after. So we're kind of just preparing for that. Um, but, you know, internally we're, we're working towards building and launching. And then on the, on the race front, um, we are, we're pretty thrilled with how much interest there is in the round. And, you know, to be honest, there's, there's more interest than we initially allocated for. So, uh, that's a good problem to have. And, you know, we still have a few more new investors that, you know, just learned about the opportunity and we'd love to have, uh, on the cap table, frankly. Um, so we're kind of just working on, uh, closing out the round, uh, hopefully in the next next week or so. Um, but, you know, all good signs um, and, and we're just continuing to build. But uh, we'll keep you guys updated as, as there's more to say. Awesome. Thanks, Manifold. Let's see. Uh, from from neurovirus, we got a few more minutes left, so we'll keep going. Not sure if this has been discussed in other calls before, but do you think uh, AMPL can have long longevity? How do you think it'll suffer giving everyone rebases instead of just LPers, debtors in Beanstalk's case? You mean Ampleforth? Like, I mean that's been around for so long. So it's just a question of 
N not really of utility. It seems like they it, that protocol does oscillate above and below peg. It's a question of frequency of the oscillations, and uh, the nature of their mechanism doesn't doesn't contain enough incentives to oscillate the the price above and below the peg fast enough to create utility. But it's, I mean, very cool model. Very clearly where the use of the quantity theory of money came from for ESD and and the like. So it's it is. To some extent, a predecessor of Bean, even though Beanstalk doesn't use the quantity theory of money, but it's uh, you know big fans of Ample, Ample Forth. Also, didn't they just change? Aren't they now pegged to some sort of like CPI adjusted dollar or something? I'm pretty sure that's the case. So uh, that also at least at the moment, tends to limit their utility. Awesome. Well, uh, last call for, for questions or folks to come up on stage. Awesome. Uh, Publius, any sort of like closing thoughts you'd like to add in here while we still have a, a minute or two? Uh, I just want to say thank you. You know, this is like, I don't know, guys, we're feeling very inspired. We're feeling very inspired. It's It's been a, a crazy month or so since the attack, a crazy week with what's going on in UST and we know that there's something here, and we don't know if Beanstalk is going to be the long-term solution, like the, the stablecoin issuer. Uh, it's a really hard problem to solve, but we are very confident that Beanstalk is, by orders of magnitude, the best attempt so far. And we're very excited at the opportunity to continue working on it. We're very excited at the opportunity to hopefully see it continue to play out in the real world, and we're betting the over, you know? We're betting the over. So excited to get this uh, bad boy back up and running uh, soon enough. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for coming and asking great questions. Uh, we'll be here next Thursday as well for the, for the weekly meeting. Um, and, yeah, please keep dropping questions or, or thoughts with, throughout the community. Uh, just to repeat, if, if anybody's, uh, you know, interested in, in collaborating on the NFT front or just like has ideas for Beanstalk Farms, you can always tag us or, or um, message in a channel, message me, message any of us. We'd love to hear what you have to, to say. So thanks.